Food Heals Podcast, episode 173. If you have certain, you know, depressive tendencies, you've been diagnosed with clinical depression, there are holistic remedies and solutions to it. You do not have to default on SSRIs and pharmaceuticals. And I'm living proof because I chose not so to yeah, do that. Crack open a date, okay. pull a pit out, stuff it with some raw almond butter, pop it in your mouth, have a party, and uh, you will go. Like, you, you don't need to drink this, like, Red Bull crap or, like, all this stuff, these energy drinks. Like, that is so energizing. Yeah, the, the one thing I forgot about, and I'm grateful that I did remember, is essential oils. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. <laughs> we all just got really excited. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. I'm Allison Melody, and welcome to episode two of our four-part Wellness Warrior series, where I'm roundtabling with some of my favorite plant-powered People like vegan YouTuber, which could describe anyone here, but chef and actress slash rapper Nicole Dursway. Word up. Glad to have you. And we've got world-renowned leader in organic, raw vegan cuisine, culinary education, and Epicurean entertainment. And he's host of the J-Ro Show, Jason Robel. He's the freaking, freaking, got you on the weekend. Hola. Love it. <laughs> Welcome. And we've got Healthy Living Crusader, online content creator, founder of the Eco Vegan Gal. We've got Whitney Lauritsen. Hello. Ooh, that was like sexy and pure. Wow. <laughs> wow. Who are you right now? <laughs> Jessica Rabbit over here. Hello. <laughs> Last week, we discussed our magical morning routines and how to set yourself up for health, wealth, and happiness. And today, our topic is alternative medicine secrets. What your doctor isn't telling you, that could save your life. That's right, Food Heals Nation. As we told you last time, if you just can't get enough of this stuff, you can go to foodhealsnation.com wellness and enroll in our Wellness Warrior course where you will get an incredible training series from all of us. But first, let's dive into some of our favorite alternative medicine secrets. We're going to start with Nicole. Hey! Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. So we know that for wellness, we have to drink more water, eat more plant-powered food, all that good stuff, get enough sleep. But what are some of your alternative medicine secrets that you swear by? Like, what gets you going? Man, I got a few of them. Uh, You guys know I'm not really into the whole pharmaceutical sitch, right? No way. And I even have a disorder... um, that would encourage me to use pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I'll say I have I have narcolepsy, um, and so the, you know that's treated with uh, I mean essentially like narcotics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so even though I have this uh, disorder that people would say is debilitating, you maybe take the medication. I don't. I treat myself completely naturally. So this is a topic that I'm stoked on because it's really giving me the freedom to not buy into the fear and jump on the pharmaceutical bandwagon. Uh, and take ownership for my own health and wellness instead of, you know, just being so dependent on an outside source. Sure. 
Yeah. So, okay. So jumping into the secrets, um, (laughs) one thing that has revolutionized my life in terms of my daily energy, so that's a lot of thing that, uh, that's one big thing that people just struggle with, just like in general, like not having enough energy. Um, I switched over about a year ago to raw snacking. Mm. And that is a secret practice, I guess, that (laughs) I swear by. I make a rule that in general, I'm not always perfect, but in general, my snacks throughout the day have to be raw, bioavailable, whole foods that I can pop in my mouth. My body can digest easily, full of nutrients, antioxidants, vitamins, and my body just sucks it up like a Pac-Man. And then I'm just like power boosted throughout the day. I'm also um, doing like this kind of because of the raw food consumption, I'm hydrating my body throughout the day and I am gently detoxing because all these foods are very rich in antioxidants mm-hmm. you know, naturally. So I'm just constantly kind of washing my body out. And what are some examples of like the go-to foods that you would have that are like raw and bioavailable? Okay, not everyone can do this because I'm a freak a leak and I like some, <laughs> I like some sour stuff. Okay, uh, okay. But um, I during during when it's in season, I eat raw cranberries, organic cranberries, like straight out the bag. Okay, like blueberries. Like I would pop a blueberry. You would, you would do blueberries. I would eat cranberries until they are like, hey Nicole, it's sorry, it's not Christmas anymore, boo boo. You know, but like uh, I definitely reach for those berries reach for those berries cranberries tarts great for the body tart any tart is like really alkalizing Mm -hmm. um one like midday thing that i love and a lot of people don't know this bell peppers have um more vitamin c than oranges so uh, it's a very supportive for your immune system there's a ton of water in them and i will grab i will grab bell peppers Literally, uh, you know, just so I don't look crazy biting into a whole one in the car, I'll I'll just slice them really quick. And I just pop them in my mouth as I go. That's like a go-to for me. It's just grabbing bell peppers. Um, I like to hydrate throughout the day, like grabbing cucumbers and stuff like that. Um, It's summertime right now, so Mm -hmm. um, definitely getting into some watermelon, which is really replenishing and rehydrating and energizing. Um, Also, I'm I'm really into raw nuts. Uh, If I'm feeling kind of uh hungry and like not satiated uh like a like raw nuts or raw almond butter Mm -hmm. okay this is a this is i call this a power pill okay okay so whatever the problem is if your energy is low or you're having a crazy sweet tooth but you're like no i'm gonna honor my body and not put processed sugars in it then (laughs) (laughs) this is a cool secret and it's very simple but you guys will have it and it's so yummy crack open a date Okay. Pull the pit out, stuff it with some raw almond butter, pop it in your mouth, have a party, and uh, you will go. Like, you, you don't need to drink this, like, Red Bull crap or, like, all this stuff, these energy drinks. Like, that is so energizing. So that's the alternative. That's the vegan alternative to these energy drinks that are so full of sugar and, like, cause heart attack. Color, yeah, stuff like that. I yeah. love that. Okay. That's an alternative medicine secret is the raw snacking. Um, another thing that I do is that I'm really big on probiotics. Mm, yes. Um, I love to replenish my body. I did some research, you know, a while back and like all of the ancient cultures in the world that have lived the longest with the lowest rates of disease naturally have probiotics occurring in their food Mm. since the beginning of their culture, basically. Um, You know, 
like just different, like, you know, the Koreans, they were making kimchi and the Greeks had this fermented uh, cauliflower thing that they were doing. And there's just naturally probiotics showing up in these foods. And I've just incorporated that is like happening um, either in a concentrated way every other day or daily. And that has allowed me to absorb more nutrients when I do eat. And it's kept me really healthy. My immune system's been really high. Knock on wood, like I just really don't get sick that often anymore. And I used to get sick, like even back in college when you're supposed to be young and you're healthiest, I get sick like six times a year. I'd have a major cold, major body meltdown, you know? And I just thought that was normal. And like since being vegan, I can run myself down, you know, by choice, by not, but other than that, like I, I don't get these like crazy sicknesses and it makes sense because all my food is like so nutritionally dense. It's basically a diet that people would cling to once they started to get sick. Oh gosh, I'm sick now. Let's make the huge veggie soup and like, let's get the vitamin C up and let's get these things. That's just like my normal. Yeah. No, me too. And it's interesting what you say about the probiotics because I learned that as well. Um, I remember we had Gunnar Lovelace on here from um, Thrive Market, and he said whenever he got sick, and he's just like you, like he's already like doing high-vibe foods all the time, he said as soon as he gets sick, he takes probiotics once every hour. Mm. And I was like, whoa, that's new. Like I'm used to zinc and vitamin C and blah, blah, blah. And I started doing that because I don't yeah. get sick that often, but like you, it's like, okay, maybe some a stressful situation came on or everyone's sick and I caught something, whatever. Those probiotics every hour make such a difference because that's your microbiome. Biome, they say disease starts in the gut. Yeah. So that makes so much sense. If anything that we have starts in the gut, why not heal the gut first yes. with probiotics? And our, microbi- our probiotics, like apparently they reset every 72 hours. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. But every 72 hours, you've got this new set of, of probiotics. And so why not feed them with healthy probiotics instead of whatever, you know, environmentally is attacking you and all that good stuff. Right. So I think that's a really great tip. So good. I love it. Uh, another thing that's new. Okay. Uh, matcha love. Like Ooh. all about the matcha. Mm. Um, anybody knows me, like follows my stuff. They know Nicole still drinks coffee, whatever. She does. Um, Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I've subbed out like my afternoon pick-me-up drink for matcha. If I don't do matcha, I'll do a jun- ginger turmeric shot. But the matcha, um, I'm just like kind of a tea freak. Uh-huh. And... Um, originally was developed for soldiers so they could take the healing properties of the green tea in concentrated levels into battlefields. Be- wow. Yes. So they ground the tea leaf into the powder. The soldiers could take it with them. They could retreat to a riverside, mix them up with water, and replenish and heal their body. They believe that it gave them superpowers so that way they could fight and protect their land. So that's the history. I had no idea. Yeah, that's the history of matcha. So, like, it really is a superfood. They made it to make these men super powered um, so they could defend their land. So, yeah. And I, so I just think of that. Like, when I drink <laughs> it, I'm like, I am a matcha warrior taking on L.A. <laughs> and uh, and it's just so rich and full of antioxidants. And it just gives you that natural energy kind of pep in your step, you, you know. And I, I love it. And, like, I don't know. I just think it's great. That's one of my little health hacks is the matcha. 
I think that's a great one. And for me, it's like, okay, matcha or or coffee. And you think, well, coffee is going to make me feel more energetic. But matcha makes me feel the same. It makes me wired. <laughs> so and that's it doesn't what you're cr- looking for. And you really don't <laughs> and crash. And you don't crash. Exactly. You know, which is I've noticed that. And, you know, my coffee ritual in the morning is more very social and communal for me because I go on the morning hikes with the girls and we all sit around and we get oat milk lattes afterwards at mm-hmm. this place that does organic, you know, espresso and stuff like that. So it's it's high vibe. It's a high vibe latte, guys. Uh, <laughs> but to me, that has a beautiful energy to it because it's community. Um, and it's like our tradition, but yeah, like I'm just loving how matcha gives me the same boost and it's like so full of antioxidants and I don't crash. Love it. So those are my things. Awesome. Well, thanks, Nicole. <laughs> You're welcome. So Jason. There's so many that I'm not really quite sure where to start. So I'm just going to like, yeah, go for it. Go um, for it. You know, toxicity is such a massive epidemic in modern society and, and not just from the foods we eat the toxic thoughts, all the environmental toxicity. And I, I think, you know, one of the biggest alternative medicine secrets I can share is is just these these detox therapies. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, in terms of toxins, uh, I think far-infrared sauna therapy is one of the best yes. things people can possibly do in, spe- in specifics to uh, heavy metals. So if there's cadmium, lead, iron, mercury, anything that is uh, heavy metal toxicity can actually be excreted through the, sk- the skin, through the epidermal layers. The, the way that far-infrared technology works in a sauna is it basically penetrates deeper into your epidermis, thereby releasing the toxins through the skin. Um, my cousin Steve actually worked in China for about nine months. And when he came home, he started doing a far-infrared sauna therapy regimen. And black soot started coming out of his skin. Oh because, my God. because the environmental toxicity in China, it, it, the smog, you see people wearing, you know, the masks, the masks and the gas masks. Yeah. For nine months of working there, it was literally the toxins were coming out of his skin. Oh. It, was, it was black sweat. Oh my God. It's it's a very real thing. So I'm a huge fan, you know, whether you want to purchase a far infrared sauna, I'm a big fan of the Clearlight brand because it's all eco, it's mm-hmm. a zero EMFs. But there's a lot of places in major cities now that have like cryotherapy, far infrared sauna. Yep. You can buy a membership and just go do it. That that's the number one thing I think for detox is just to go and and get in these infrared saunas and sweat it out. Yeah, and you can buy your own or you know, in the spa, it's like a ten dollar add on to your massage or something like that. Like it's not it's not something hard to do. Like probably in your area there is a place that offers this infrared sauna or you can literally buy I have a tent I've I bought off Amazon for a couple hundred bucks and my head sticks out and I can watch TV as I sweat myself off, you know? (laughs) It's awesome. It's actually cooler than mine. My my parents have that one. It's like is it the round one that's like a half igloo you put a chair in it and i'm uh, sitting there's a tent it's like a, yeah kind of like a half igloo and i'm sitting in it and my head's out and i wrap a towel around so that the the uh hot air doesn't escape and then my body sweats and i just sit there and i watch netflix i binge some shows it's amazing that's it yeah. yeah and and in terms of you know detoxing with our diet you know i think having as much hydrating foods as possible water dense foods raw foods fiber rich mm. foods are great but specifically if we have things like cilantro and chlorella Ooh, yeah. And I'll throw in carrots. A lot of people don't know this about carrots. Cilantro, the big, the big three C: cilantro, 
chlorella carrots. So nice. cilantro and chlorella actually help you to chelate. Now, there's a lot of misinformation about chelation. Chelation is not getting the toxins out of the body. Okay. Chelation is actually getting the heavy metals out of your tissues and organs, but then you actually need to flush it out. Got it. So chelation is not the flushing. It's actually just you know, debinding it from your tissues and cells. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. so chelation helps to kind of, you know, break up the toxicity, but then it's up to you to flush it out. So I'm a big fan if you have toxicity to do cilantro. Chlorella is is a is an algae. It's like a blue-green algae. Very, very high in protein, by the way. It's a complete protein, uh, but it also helps to detox. So once you chelate, then I recommend going into the infrared sauna and helping to flush that out. Hydrating, um, other things that can help get toxins out are things like a psyllium husk. Mm-hmm. You can actually get psyllium husk. It's not the best tasting thing in the world. It's kind of gelatinous no, it and is weird. Not. It is not. Um, <laughs> also, there's a product called Vitamineral Earth that is great for detox. Um, and then beyond that, uh, I'll mention carrots. Carrots have a specific kind of fiber that actually help you to detox from excess bad estrogen. And since we are drinking out of plastic all day long, we've been Mm -hmm. eating out of plastic, microwaving our food, TV meals, all the stuff we grew up eating, there's an excess of xenoestrogens in our bodies, which Mm. are plastic-based synthetic estrogens that can be so disruptive to our hormone, especially women, guys too. So to eat carrots, actually, in this specific fiber helps us to detox from these um, toxic plastic-based xenoestrogens. Wow. So it's good for hormone health as well. That's amazing. I didn't know that. I mean, I'm 100% all for the carrots. You know, people that are suffering from cancer are doing these carrot juice therapies with coffee enemas and like reversing all these kinds of like chronic diseases. But you also read, oh, well, carrot juice is high in sugar. And so you're like, well, which is it? But that's really interesting. I had no idea about the plastics. Yeah, absolutely. awesome. The next tip I want to talk about is something that I've dealt with personally, uh, and that is uh, clinical depression. Mm. And uh, I was first diagnosed with clinical depression three years ago. Um, I was suicidal. I was depressed. I was I was in a spot I'd never been in in my entire life. And and um, you know, rather than take my own life, I said I got to figure this out. And I went to see a holistic medical doctor who mm. had special specialties in both Eastern and Western medicine. He gave me the choice. He said, "Hey, you know, we can go the pharmaceutical route, or we can try and do this holistically. What do you want to do?" I said, "Of course, I want to do it holistically," <laughs> because the more that I read about pharmaceuticals, in, in particular SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, you know, these are your Prozac, your your all your your you know depression drugs they give you, right. um, is that what they do is yes, they temporarily boost your mood, but they deplete. And inhibit your body's ability to produce serotonin and other happy chemicals on their own. So you end up more depressed than when you started, If you look at the suicide rates, actually, of people that are on SSRIs, there's actually an uptake in in Mm. suicide rates because they become dependent on these drugs. And once those drugs no longer work, they switch out the drugs. It's a never-ending cycle. So to move away from this pharmaceutical dependency, now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slam it because I do know people that have used SSRIs as a bridge. Sure, they will wean themselves off and then do holistic therapy. So I'm not here to bash them. What I'm saying is the overdependence and saying I'm going to be on these pharmaceuticals for the rest of my life is not a healthy approach. I think you can use them as a bridge. Yep. But ultimately, you're going to do so potentially at the risk of your body sacrificing its ability to make its own neurotransmitters. So what I did was I went down this rabbit hole that I had never really researched before of, okay, so I went and I got a test and I saw that my neurotransmitter levels were insanely low, chronic unabated stress. Uh, I, this was, I was working on my book at the time. I was not eating well. 
I was just treating myself like crap. And there was just a lot that was hitting me in life at this time mm -hmm. in, in my personal and professional life. I was just in a very dark place. But to, to pull myself out of this dark pit, it was like, okay, what can I do to boost my neurotransmitter function? So number one, I started meditating every day. Wow. That, would, that became a non-negotiable. Just looking at what parts of the hemispheres in the brain light up and the effect on certain neurotransmitters of daily meditation, doing all that research. So I started meditating daily. Uh, for endorphins and boosting my testosterone levels and my dopamine levels, I started working out. But not just working out, I started lifting heavy. I started weight, weight training for the first time in my life because I knew I needed that endorphin rush. I needed that increase in testosterone. That was the second thing I started doing. And the third thing was I started supplementing. Mm -hmm. You know, I looked at what am I deficient in? Okay, well, I knew that I was deficient in vitamin B6 and folate. I was deficient in magnesium, which is the mineral that most people are deficient in. You know, so I was addressing it not only from a, a mental and spiritual perspective, from a fitness perspective, and then dialing in certain supplements. So in a nutshell, I mean, I could talk about this for hours. The, the point is that if you have certain, you know, depressive tendencies, you've been diagnosed with clinical depression, there are holistic remedies and solutions to it. You do not have to default on SSRIs and pharmaceuticals. And I'm living proof because I chose not to do that. 100%. And thank you for actually explaining that way, that in such a way that people can understand. Because we have so many people um, talk about depression and overcoming it. But explaining what SSRIs actually are, I don't actually think I've heard in that way before. So I really appreciate that. And I remember it was like, probably like 15 years ago. And my mom had just died. And I didn't know anything about holistic health, but I had also never been on any pharmaceutical drug before. And I was like, all of a sudden, this new sensation was hitting me, which was depression. But I'm like too young to even know what it was. And I said to my dad, I'm depressed. And so my dad had a prescription for um, Effexor, which was a antidepressant. So he went and got me, the, he didn't even take me to doctor, he just went and got me the prescription. Okay, he was like, take this every day. And I was like, okay, like not knowing anything that I know now, completely clueless. And I was like, okay, he's like, this will help. You know what it did? I guess, you know, technically it was boosting the serotonin or, or whatever. It made me feel nothing. I had no highs. I had no lows. So if I'm hanging out with my girl, Nicole, and we're just like hanging out and you're like, oh my God, this guy, and we had so much fun. Instead of being like, oh my God, Nicole, that's so exciting. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like mm. I was like flatline. level, flatline. Like I had no highs, I had no lows. So I had no empathy. These pills took my empathy, okay? And I was also experimenting with drinking alcohol for the first time because I was probably recently 21. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, I would drink one glass of wine and black out. Okay. Oh, no. I was like gone. No. So that's what I thought the alcohol did to you. And I'd be like, let's get blackout because then we don't have to think about our problems. Right. That's what these pharmaceutical drugs did to me. And this is a long time ago. And obviously I've learned my lesson, but think of how many of me's there are out there that as a young person, early, you know, teenagers, twenties are being handed some pills and they yeah. have no idea. I didn't know there was seven stages of grief. Mm. That right had never been told to me. No one told me you have to deal with your emotions. No one talked about counseling. Back then, and I'm totally of a different mindset now, but back then, counseling was something in where I was at that crazy people did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, I don't feel that way anymore, but it was a stigmat. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of shame around this. Oh, and, yeah. And, and if I'm radically honest about it, I knew that I was experiencing 
mild to moderate depression for probably three to four years before I was even diagnosed. Mm. But there was a shame around it of, wait, I'm in the holistic health field. I'm right. this guy who's teaching people about healing and nutrition and food. Mm-hmm. So if I come out and, and publicly announce like, uh, whatever, I think I have depression, you know, it took me going to a psychotherapist. It took me going to a holistic doctor and them going, yeah, you're, you're clinically depressed. Wow. Right. But I, it was the pride and the shame that wouldn't allow me to face it. You know, and it affected my my romantic relationships. It affected my friendships. It it it, it was a lesson in a lot of ways, and 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 not just from a you know biological, nutritional, chemical perspective. You know, if, if I look at a lot of the factors that were going up to it, a lot of it was you know this mental and spiritual side of things, right? Of, of addressing depression in that way. And here's yeah. what I mean by that: I had I had set parameters of success in my life. Okay, that if I didn't hit these parameters of success. Because whatever, again, ego-based, like I'm this person, I'm a TV host, I'm an author, I'm a this, I'm a that, I need to make a certain amount of money, or my my TV series has to get picked up for this many seasons, or X, Y, and Z, if this doesn't happen, I'm a failure. So I don't I, know what you mean, Jason. I've never felt like that. <laughs> yeah, but but we we what what I'm saying what I'm saying, right? Like like it's this it's this thing of yeah. there was a lot of like oh, juge around this thing when I came out about being depressed, because they're like they're like, well, you know, it's, it's a disease and you can't control it. And I don't really believe that in my personal experience. Yes, do I believe that we are and can be controlled in terms of our emotions by uh, the microbiome in our gut, mm-hmm. by our neurotransmitters, by the chemicals and hormones in our body? There are so many factors. But I do believe that for, in my experience, I kind of also set myself up for this in that I was setting the bar so high in my life of mm-hmm. I needed to show up in my relationships this way and make this much money and have this kind of success. And mm-hmm. if I don't, I'm a fucking failure. Right. And so part of that was was this expectation of how my life was supposed to be. And when it didn't turn out that way, I was so brutally unkind to myself. So I, I, I need to take responsibility kind of in my own contribution to this clinical depression. Mm-hmm. Um, you were judging yourself for where you thought you should be. Yeah. And, and, and I was buying into this thing of like, you know, my life has to be over here and it's right. I I was not radically and unconditionally loving and accepting myself. I was being this unkind taskmaster and, and really kind of, um, I don't know, just, just cruel parent to myself of like, you've got to get straight A's or you're nothing. It was kind of like this weird, which I didn't grow up that way. You know, I was raised by a single mom. My mom never treated me that way, but it was this remnant of when my dad left, I didn't grow up with my father. It was it was this idea as a child that I'm not good enough. Mm. So if I set these markers of success and I hit these markers, then I'll be good enough. Yes. I'll be a good enough boyfriend. I'll be a good enough partner. I'll be husband material. I'll be the greatest TV host ever. I'll be a bestseller. I got to hit these things to be, quote, good enough. Mm-hmm. So in my assertion, I just ask everyone, are you being kind to yourself? You know, are, are you being kind to yourself and radically accepting of where you're at now? Or is it this, well, when I get the car and when I get the money and when I get the success, then I'll love myself. We set these traps for ourselves in life. And I was setting huge traps for myself, and so spiritually and mentally. How did you overcome that? Because I know for myself, I'm listening to you be like, yep, I've been there. Yep. And I know people listening are like, I feel like that. So how did you get to the radical place of self-love? And is it a journey every day? Every single day. That's what I thought. Because 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 <laughs> there there are still moments where I'm like, ah, oh, you didn't, you said this whatever, you launched this thing and it didn't do as well as you thought, and and my my default is beat yourself up. Mm. You suck. You're not good enough. 
everyone else is doing better than like my default is still that it might always be that but i have more tools now with the meditation yeah. with, with the fitness with with being radically honest with the people i love you know i'm having a hard time right now can i have your support yeah part of the part of the the, the misnomer in my first go around with depression was I was isolating myself out of that shame and that guilt of not wanting to talk about it. And that's one of the most debilitating things you can do with any struggle in life is yeah. I've got to go it alone. That's a complete illusion. Um, but you know, I, I want to talk about this third thing b- before we move on um, is this, this heart disease. Heart disease is still the number one killer in the U.S. Yeah. Might be worldwide. I haven't seen the statistics. Um, with heart disease, what do they usually say? Got to put in a stint got to do a bypass, got to crack your chest cavity open and cut you open to like address your your heart, which this will be a whole nother conversation. I think people resisting affection, people resisting love, people keeping love and 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 having vulnerable loving relationships at arm's, arm's length is one cause of heart disease. We can Ooh. literally make ourselves sick in the heart because we're so touch averse in this culture. We're, we're, we're so that's a whole nother thing I, I feel like has to be a different top, topic so, on a podcast. So, so, what, what, so what you're saying is like, um, maybe a couple or a husband and wife that aren't aren't truly in touch. Yeah, I mean, I think there are so many. So the emotion behind that. There's barriers to vulnerability. There's barriers to authenticity. There's barriers to people having a genuinely loving, raw connection. Mm. You know, it, it's this thing of we get into relationships when we haven't learned to love ourselves, and then we expect like somehow we're going to learn love. Someone else is going to complete us. I blame the movie. You complete me. Well, <laughs> like, well, well, well. That is Well, that. we've been lied to by our love songs, but that's a right. whole other exactly. topic. Like, like yeah. it's this, uh, let, me, let me reel it back to heart disease, okay, right? Okay. It's, I, I think part of the, the symptom is we haven't been taught how to love ourselves. Mm, yeah. And once we practice this every single day, it's very easy to practice loving someone else because, again, we're filling our tank up first. But yeah. I think that's part of the heart disease um, epidemic. The other thing, though, of course, is poor diet. It's a ton of saturated fat. It's a ton of cholesterol. It's a ton of toxic, artificial processed foods. But here's the thing. There's some really amazing research that Dr. Dean Ornish did way back in the 90s, in the late 80s and 90s. He was the first doctor in history to prove that with a plant-based diet combined with meditation and fitness – could reverse atherosclerosis. He was the first doctor in history to do that. I love so him. So plant-based diet, meditation, fitness was reversing heart disease in people. We also know that through Japanese research, they discovered that natto, which is a ultra-fermented, we go back to probiotics, ultra-fermented soybean. And I know Whitney and, and Nicole, we all love natto. We love natto. It's an acquired taste. It's kind of this weird, like funky, cheesy, sticky, soybeany thing. It's, okay, okay, bring it for me next time. It, I don't it's know. So never tried good. it. Oh, it's incredible. So. It's reminiscent of, if you guys remember, if you ever had like a really aged cheese. Like a really old, stinky European cheese. Like <laughs> ammonia, totally. kind of like you breathe in, it burns a Pungence. little bit. It's like pun- yeah, it's so good. Maybe if I have it with wine, crackers, and grapes, I'll be good. Seriously? Yeah. Like that Absolutely. would balance it out. Something sweet like with it, yeah. like a grape. Yeah. yeah okay. So we're all, we're all on the natto train. But here, oh. here's the good thing because we we're all very food adventurous. But the Japanese re- research discovered that the, the, the natto kinase, which is the enzyme that is only in natto, it's this specific culture that is grown and, and, and when they used to ferment the natto, uh, actually can eat the arterial plaque in someone's heart in their arteries. Oh my God. Like Pac-Man, like Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> the natto kinase will actually eat the arterial plaque. Cleans it. So we know that it's not a death sentence with plant-based eating, with meditation, loving relationships, fitness, and mindful supplementation with things like natto. 
you can potentially reverse heart disease depending on the stage. Yeah, depending on where you are and what you're willing to do. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem because we know that we can provide this information as much as possible. And then sometimes your loved one isn't ready to do this. Right. But if they are, this is 100% reversible. And I think that's like the biggest message in these alternative medicine secrets is that these will work if the person, whether it's you, whether it's a loved one, is willing to do that. And sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. And if they're not, there's also a whole thing about accepting their choices, which is also another podcast. But I just bring it up because like I was the person that was like, Daddy, I'm going to cure you because I realized that food heals and that you can reverse this. And my dad was like, I'm going to drink and smoke until I die. And part of my life story is was accepting his choice and now like getting rid of my guilt around that, that I couldn't save him when I knew better. You know, it's there's this great quote that um, I think about with my family. I know Nicole and Whitney can also feel this the same way, too, with our loved ones is um, on this path that we're all on of life. Right. It's we're all in the same path. We're all heading in the same direction that people are just on different points of the path. And and the, the way that I was able to overcome, like forcing my family or shaking them in the beginning, being like, can't you see what you're doing? Right. Like being a little hard with them. Right. Yep. Just like uh, I thought about, the, you know, I read this quote that was like, um, it's almost like taking a newborn baby and saying, why aren't you running yet? You're supposed to be running. They're not at that point of their consciousness yet. They're not at that point of the willingness, right? And, and it's different for everyone. And, and it's just that radical love and acceptance. And the more we radically love and accept ourselves, we can extend that even if the choices the people we love are not, we don't feel are in their highest good. You can't force anybody to do anything, nor should you. No, nor should you. But that's such a beautiful way to look at it. Like, okay, if you have a loved one and you're like, I know all this information and I can help them heal, treat them more like a baby. How would you talk to a baby? You would treat them with kindness, gentleness, patience, patience. Exactly. You wouldn't treat them with this, like the way we go after people and we're like, you have to do this because I know it's right and blah, blah, blah. So I think that's actually a beautiful way to look at it. So thank you so much for that. Whitney, what are some of your favorite alternative medicine secrets or what works for you? Well, so much has been said, definitely a lot of what Nicole was talking about with probiotics and and you know natural supplements and herbs. I always turn to that first. I, I unfortunately was sick for the first time in a while last week, and it was actually really tough for my ego. <laughs> You're like, I'm vegan, I don't get sick. Yeah, I mean, you know, veganism doesn't necessarily mean healthy, but there's so many different factors that go into it. And yeah. I, to this day, I don't know why I got sick. I don't know what was going on with me. And so the biggest thing for me, though, was trying to see how I could heal myself naturally. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to say, and maybe this speaks to my immune system, is I I was sick for almost three days straight, which felt like a lot for me. But I felt better every day while I was adding in all of the different natural remedies. So, of course, water hydration is always the first thing for me, is I always go to water first to just really make sure that I'm hydrated, that my system is flushing things out. That's really huge, taking the probiotics. I wasn't hungry. I didn't much an appetite, but when I did eat, the very first thing that I had, well, actually, when I first started to get sick was I had turmeric. Mm -hmm. So I had a turmeric latte with oat milk and ginger and all that. Turmeric is so great for inflammation. So I guess this would, alternative medicine would fall into like the food category as healing herself through food. 
And then when I felt a little bit more hungry, the next thing I had was a smoothie. And so the smoothie, I made sure that all the ingredients were anti-inflammatory and I had, a, there was ginger in it, which is really helpful. Garlic is yeah. really great when you're not feeling well too. And then I went and got a homeopathic flu remedy because I thought, you know, I potentially had the flu or something based on my symptoms. And so just taking that and being really patient, thinking positively too, I think is great alternative medicine. So for me, not going down this rabbit hole of fear, although I did get there by the third day, I was like, oh no, do I have to go to the doctor? You know, I was just trying so hard to not go to the doctor. And did I have something severe? Was there something that I was ignoring? It was a good opportunity for me to reflect on how I was taking care of myself. But but also trying to talk myself out of those fearful thoughts is really helpful. And and just saying, like, I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to feel better. Like, saying that to myself internally was really, really helpful. And sleep, of course, is so huge. That's an important medicine that we can't forget about. And then the funny thing is, is the one thing I forgot about, and I'm grateful that I did remember, is essential oils. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. <laughs> we all just got really excited. <laughs> I love It's a good smelling podcast booth here. <laughs> it is. You know, it's interesting, though, is I typically use essential oils as kind of like perfumes or mm-hmm. uh, to lift uplift my mood or things like that and I'll put it I have a diffuser that I use and it just seems so much about like something that I'm smelling and I had forgotten until I got sick that you can take essential oils internally as well and Mm -hmm. luckily I had some incredible formulations from this company called well scent which is one of my favorite brands Mm -hmm. for essential oils just super high quality they make such great formulations Mm. and and unfortunately I had some formulations that were antimicrobial and um is it the right Term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's on right. And, uh, you know, she, the, the formulator, has so many great options for sickness. And so I, I went on the website and figured out which ones I had and what I could take them for. And she tells you where, like, pulse points to put them on, putting them on your feet, putting them on your lymph nodes, putting it on, on your wrists and your head. And so I just did that. I put it in the diffuser. And then I added a few drops into my water for this one formulation. And it was like just the act of doing that made me feel better. Mm -hmm. And that was funny enough. It was the last thing that I took before I started to feel better. And I was like, wow, did they work that well? Like, I don't know if they (laughs) did. Oh my God, maybe they did. (laughs) But it was just kind of, you know, a good reminder. There's so many different things that you can do with different types of essential oils. So looking into that too. And lastly, I would say, aside from healing myself from a sickness as I did, which I, you know, I'm grateful to report that I was sick for max, it, it wasn't even a full three days. And just by doing all of those things I just discussed, I was able to heal completely naturally. The only unnatural thing I took was painkillers because unfortunately I was in a lot of physical pain. And, mm. you know, I just, sometimes when you're in pain, like you just, it's hard to even think straight. And that was the frustrating thing too. You know, there are some great natural painkillers like Arnica, but, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it was a reminder that there's like a threshold of pain that, that I hit. And I think each of us has our own individual thresholds. And normally I am somebody that is so resistant to taking painkillers. I I can't even tell you the last time I took them Mm -hmm. because I just, I always want to see how can I, how can I deal with this in a natural way? Yeah. And so it's very rare that I'll take anything like that. And so again, it was my ego coming in, but that was the most unnatural thing I took the entire time and it did make a difference. (laughs) So it's like, you know, sometimes you have to 
figure out what's going to be best for you at this time, you know, and, and, and your body has the ability to detox that out, whatever the bad things about that are. And so it's like, you know what, as long as you're not taking it on a regular basis, like what's the harm if it's going to make you feel better temporarily? I have no problem with that. I think the big thing is when you believe or you're told that you have to take a pill a day or multiple pills a day for the rest of your life. Right. That's where the problem is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's also I always try to challenge myself to see how long I can go without taking something like that. So Me too. the first day that I was sick, I was like, I'm just gonna ride this out. And it really was the second day where I was like, This is not helping me to be sitting in pain, you know? And so when I did take I took ibuprofen and it was it worked wonderfully, you know, and and so I was really grateful that I had that opportunity to take that. I don't you know, I didn't I didn't experiment with Arnica that time, but Arnica can be great um, topically and internally. So next, you know, I, it's also a good reminder too to like stock your uh, natural medicine cabinet right. because yes. when you do, if you do get sick, which we never know, you know, none of us are immune to it. Like we live in a world full of all sorts of stuff. Like I, I still, I have no idea how I got sick or again, what it was. And so it happens and we're blindsided. And the last thing you want to do when you're sick is having to figure out a solution. Right. So, yeah. so it's a reminder for me to like have a couple things in my home that are, are helpful for that. And I love having like, you know, natural formulations and, and things like that. And preventative medicine is always the best, right? That's why we take things like probiotics and all that. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention too is that I'm a big uh, – taker of magnesium and mm. that's like one of my favorite things i don't take a ton of supplements you know i take the probiotics i'll take turmeric as i said you can take turmeric pills or you can take powders or, or get it fresh so there's a few things like that that i'll take that are in pill form but aren't technically right. supplements i guess depends on you on your definition but uh the one thing that does technically qualify as a supplement that i take right now is magnesium and I take it from this company called Natural Calm. They make yeah. these powders that you can take that are really great for stress and mainly for the physical side of it. They're wonderful for uh, right before you go to bed sleep. because they relax your muscle. Magnesium relaxes your muscles. And so it helps you sleep. It helps you feel less stressed. It reduces muscle cramps. It's really good for digestion because it relaxes your organs internally. And so when you wake up the next day, uh, it's really easy to go to the bathroom. And that's nice. <laughs> it has a lot of perks. There's also a side benefit. What? Uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, uh, that if you take uh, high doses of magnesium on a regular basis, it's great for morning wood. Oh, I didn't know that. So everyone Meaning wins. it relieves it? No, it enhances. It does? Oh, How does that make, that doesn't even make sense if it's relaxing your muscles. Then that circulation It's increasing flow? blood flow. Oh. Uh, ding, 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 ding. So you want. Winner, winner. You want morning wood? Yeah. Nature's Viagra. Under what Magnesium. circumstances am I going to go, oh, stop it now? Well, if you're, if you're by yourself. <laughs> I don't see it. There's no situation I can see where this is, unless you're maybe on like an overnight flight to like Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're in one of those like open pods on an Sweet. airplane. They're like, Mr. Oba, can we? Oh. <laughs> I'll come back later. Well, it's also good for cramps. So if you have a lady next to you and she happens to be on her monthly cycle and she's taking it too, then 
everything might Everybody's just work out just fine. Everybody's yeah. Everyone might be just fine. Whitney, you're talking about pain. I have like a quick story that I Let's was very it. interesting about pain management. And it's only because I've been listening to a lot of uh, Thich Nhat Hanh lately that I think this occurred to me. But I recently had an opportunity where a close girlfriend of mine had two cysts burst back to back on on her ovaries and she called me in the middle of it bursting and i for some reason picked up the phone i usually like to be very present with people so my phone's usually on silent but for some reason when i saw her call i knew intuitively i was like you need to take this mm. i got on the phone she was in so much excruciating pain she's very natural too she wanted to take but it just it was currently bursting while she was talking on the phone to me oh. and we didn't know what happened was happening until later she got to the hospital or whatever but she was panicking. She, her breath was out of control. She was hyperventilating. She was talking a mile a minute. When you're in physical pain, we want to, like, abandon our body almost. Mm-hmm. Like, you're looking for everything, like, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. You're like, you, you know, think about the time like that you've been, and I've done this too, I've been in pain. Like, your head is flailing, and you're not managing your breath, and you're talking, and you're trying to distract yourself, and she is abandoning her body. And I said babe, you got to come home to your body right now. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, listen to me. I was like, stop trying to escape. I said, you need to be with the pain. Don't mm-hmm. ditch it. Yeah. I said, get back in there. I said, listen to me right now. Slow down your breath. She, I was like, that's all you have to do right now is slow down your breath. Mm-hmm. She slowed down her breath. I said, talk to your body. Where is it hurting? Okay, it's hurting here, you know, my lower side or whatever. I said, okay, tell your body thank you for everything that it's done for you. This is like some real energetic stuff. So she's thanking her body. I said, thank you. Okay, now send that area love and send that area compassion. I see that you're in pain. I'm so sorry that you're suffering right Mm. now. And sending it love. And she got her breath under control. And when instead of escaping the pain, she went to the pain and sat with her pain. She was able to stay calm until the ambulance got there to take her in. And like... I didn't even realize like what a powerful moment I was facilitating at the time until sure. she's like texting me back like later like the next day like what had happened and like it, we were both amazed that just being with your pain and nurturing it like a screaming child that was in pain like holding it and being the mother to your pain like how empowering that was and how that was a- she was able to get through that like extremely excruciating painful like fight or flight almost like oh. moment in her life by instead of abandoning it like sitting with it that's amazing i'm so glad that you were able to facilitate that for her it was so cool i was too i was like <laughs> wow <laughs> not bad nicolicious not bad <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true too. I think a lot about that a lot too. And that's when I stopped taking, because I used to take them for menstrual cramps. I used mm-hmm. to take ibuprofen every month. Right. And, you know, since I was like 16, because that's like what my mom would say. Yeah, you know, so you're in pain, I. so take it. Take yeah. And I just like, I, I remember like being in high school and like waiting for that hour to go by where you'd wait for it to kick in. And you're just like having to deal with that pain. And, I became really determined as I learned more about natural medicine to stop taking painkillers because yeah. I was like, A, like, there's a reason our body's going through this, you know? Like, what is the message for us to learn? And also, why are we as a society, like, running away from pain all the time? And so I've actually started to... I now have this kind of emotional practice that I go through every month when it's my cycle, and... You know, just thinking about like, okay, well, I may have some pain and sometimes I don't, you know, it's like 
it's really interesting too to just notice what your body is going through and I'm always like reflecting on why I may or may not be in pain each month and so you know I've talked to friends about this too like it has a lot to do with your diet as well like I think as women we're conditioned to be like yep if you when you get your period you're gonna have pain and so that's just what you expect so take these painkillers but if you're not on painkillers you actually have an opportunity to really get to know your body a lot more as opposed to just you know, trying to avoid it and escape it is like, what is your body saying? Just like Nicole saying here. And, you know, I had to reflect on that too when I was sick. And it's interesting too, like talking to mothers like that have gone through the birthing process and on their mental process with, with getting through that, you know, and, and, um, it was the most interesting thing for me was I had just talked to a friend a few days before I got sick and she was saying, you know, she was trying to avoid, taking painkillers when she gave birth, but she ended up taking them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of women have a lot of shame around taking painkillers when they give birth. And not every woman has that in, as part of their plan, and then they end up doing it. And I was thinking about that while I was in pain while I was sick. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like It's like I suddenly had more empathy because mm-hmm. normally, again, my ego was so involved. Normally, I am able to kind of talk myself through pain and find all these natural remedies for it and all of that. I will say one of the best natural remedies for me is just heat. And so I, um, you know, during my cycle, I'll take a bath, I'll take a shower, like that's, I'll use uh, heating pads and things like that. And that works wonders. That's actually been like my main go-to thing instead of taking painkillers. And so I tried that while I was sick, but I literally, every time I would get out of the shower or the bathtub, I'd be in pain again. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, (laughs) I started to think like, could surfing water, I'm like, (laughs) you know, maybe. Hello, Evie. (laughs) Uh, Evie's like, yes, I agree. Uh, But but my point also is like having empathy for, because, you know, we all have different pain thresholds. And it's like, I remember in that moment just being like, okay, fine, I'll take painkillers, you know, and I remember being grateful that I did because then I could relax and focus on other parts of healing. And so sometimes pain does get in the way of us fully healing. You know, we can't sleep. We can't do the things that we need. We can't give our, you know, it takes a lot of energy just to manage pain. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I always say like, do the best that you can and work through it as naturally as you can. But then you just have to decide at a certain point, like, are you going to take something else that's stronger and maybe not as natural? Well, I've learned something for myself about chronic pain, and it's so clear in my consciousness. And um, I'm 100% with you that I try everything natural. And then when I have to, I will take the ibuprofen or something like that. But what's most interesting is that um, a few years ago, I had two incidents in a row that caused me what I will call chronic pain, ongoing pain that wouldn't go away. I was in a car accident and I fell when I was running. So this affected my entire right side of the body, up up and down the spine, the shoulder, the elbow, sometimes the hand. And this lasted for a little while and I did um, the typical things that you do. I went to physical therapy, I got massage, I went to infrared sauna, I did acupuncture, all these these things and listen they all helped they all made a difference but what I realized is that the pain on my right side was also emotional and so if you read a book like anything by Louise Hay um, she you can look up where your pain is and say what is the corresponding emotion so let's say if you have a let's say you like 
hit your hand or you hit your elbow and it's temporary and it goes away in 15 minutes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about chronic and or debilitating pain that's ongoing, doesn't go away. This is when I think it's completely emotional and I've been slapped in the face with this realization so many times that I know it's true. So if you read Louise Hay, it says that um, pain on the right side is male, um, the left side is female. And so all of mine is male. And so I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, oh my God. And so one of the things that it can mean is anger at father. So the first time I read that, I was so resistant because I was like, I love my dad. What do you mean? Well, I realized through doing counseling sessions that as wonderful as both of my parents were, and I grew up in a wonderful household, I wasn't, you know, I, I never had any abuse or anything. You know, my parents never even fought. Like I had an ideal childhood. I'm, I don't have any issues with my dad growing up. I'm mad because my dad left me because he died. When I realized that in counseling, it was like the biggest wave of emotion, like physical emotion, if you can imagine, coming over me and just like sobbing, 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 shoulders, you know, like physically moving, making that realization. So I had that realization and I go, okay, so in order to heal this chronic pain I'm feeling, I have to heal that emotion, right? That's what I decided. So I work on it, I work on it, I work on it. And just like anything else, like we were talking about earlier, like talking about healing depression, it's an everyday process. I thought I would do this and then I'd be done. And the pain did get better. I'm telling you 100% it got better and better and better. And I was like, I'm healed, everyone. I healed myself with my emotions. Let me tell you that three weeks ago, I fell out of my shower, crashed the fuck out of myself, hit my right hip, hit my shoulder, hit my head, and all of the pain, the chronic pain that I had down my back is now back. Oh. So what does it mean, everyone? I'm not done. So working through it, yeah. So I stopped working on it because I said I'm done. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I am done. Well, my chronic pain decided to show me that I wasn't done. And I truly believe that's what's going on. I could be wrong, but that's my impression of what's going on. So now I have my pain back. It's not as bad as it was after the car accident or anything like that. But like, listen, I click on a computer every day. Like I do things that, you know, I work out. I do all these things that obviously help continue the pain. And so what am I going to do? I can do massage and I can do physical therapy. Well, all that is time and money. And so what I'm doing now this time around is I'm not doing all of those things. Instead, I'm going, okay, what do I need to heal? And let's see if that heals. The, what do I need to heal emotionally? And let's see if that heals the physical pain. I love yeah. it. So. What you're talking about, I mean, our understanding of ultimately like what healing means is so infinitesimal compared to like, I think what we're going to continue to learn, Yeah. you know, and, and, and on the subject of like, you guys are talking about spiritual healing, energy healing, emotional healing. Um, you know, there's a great book by Dr. Bruce Lipton called The Biology of Belief. Mm. And when you were talking about, Whitney, what you were taking to, to heal yourself, you know, I, I think about um, like the studies. <laughs> this this sounds so funny from, from a vegan uh, talking about chicken soup. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like whole study of like, oh, is there some like super healing enzyme compound right. thing in chicken? No, it's chicken, <laughs> carrots, onion, celery. Right. Like there's nothing. But we have such a deep belief and association in our 
cells of our body from our childhood that when I got sick, mom or dad or whomever would feed us chicken soup and we got better. Right. So there's nothing intrinsically amazing about chicken soup. But we have such a culturally deep-seated belief that this is healing food, mm -hmm. that when we consume it when we're sick, I got better. So like the our, placebo effect. So Exactly. So our mental energy and what we believe will be so, mm -hmm. whether it's a sugar pill or a bowl of chicken soup, right. or like our loved ones trying these new modalities, because like, oh, I'm going to do this vegan thing, I'm going to eat, it's not going to work, versus, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to give it my all. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stay positive with this. Use positive language. And here's another thing: uh, when I whenever I get sick, I try and say. And I have a tendency to be like a little victimy and like kind of like default into a little boy when I get sick. Like I want to be taken care of. If I'm honest about it, who doesn't? You know what but, I mean? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but I notice that when like people go, "Oh, Jason, how you doing?" Like oh, I'm sick. Mm. Versus, <laughs> you know what? I'm feeling a little off. I'm healing though. Like very, very yeah. different energy in that linguistic shift versus I'm sick and you stay in it longer, right? Yeah, it's like you perpetuate yes. this thing. I'm broke. I'm sick. I yes. don't feel good versus, you know what? Whatever. I'm a little off today and I'm healing. And it's, it's, it's just the power of language, the power of belief that creates our reality. I love that. Actually, that reminds me of another thing that I do that doesn't have to do with being sick, but it's taking a compliment. So I remember when someone used to give me a compliment, they'd be like, you look pretty or that dress looks good at you. I'd be like, I know, but I'm fat. I know, but I'm ugly. Deflect. Thank you, but no. And I decided and I, I learned it somewhere. I don't even remember, but it's a deflection and it's like a yeah. it's a it's a rejection of what they're saying. Accept it and just say thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's thank so true. You. I Thank mean, ha having been so recently sick, like I was determined. I was like, I'm going to get through this every day. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. It, it wasn't until the third day where I was like, oh, no. Was, like I, <laughs> I found my and it was a good exercise and a reminder, too, because I saw myself going down the negativity spiral and I got really scared. And then I had to pull myself out of that and just keep believing every day. I was like, I'm going to get better. I'm, I'm healing myself. This is, you know, I'm working through this. And, and that really does help. It's not instantaneous, you know? That's the thing is like, I think sometimes we want these instant results. We're impatient and all of that. And you just have to keep trusting and believing and working on it. And then you'll eventually heal yourself. And... You know, I, I, coming out on the other side, I was, I am so grateful that I didn't have to go to the doctor. <laughs> you know, I was going to say earlier, I, I can't, I'm so grateful I didn't have to take antibiotics. Like, I think yeah. that that can come up too is, you know, like I, I started going down the like WebMD <laughs> portal because I was trying so hard to figure out what was going on with me so that I could find the natural solution. Right. right? And I couldn't figure out nothing was making sense. And I was like, Am I going to have to go to the doctor? And are they going to convince me to take antibiotics? And am I, you know, we can get into this fear consciousness. Speaking of alternative medicine, I think a lot of the reasons why people don't take it is because they're so afraid. Yeah. They're afraid that if they don't do something, then again, coming back to consequences like we were talking about before, it's like, what is, am I going to cause long-term damage to myself? Am I going to this or that? And, and, and so you have to have a lot of, of faith in your body to know that I'm going to heal myself, figure this out, I'm going to push through it. And I, I will say on the opposite side, I do know some people who are constantly sick. And you notice mm. a lot of people that are constantly sick, it's very common and not always the case because I'm not trying to judge, but for the, in my experience, a lot of people that I know that are constantly sick are the ones that are 
it's like they're looking for some, they get some sort of validation mm -hmm. from it. It's like, oh, I'm sick. And then everybody is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Can I help you? They really want to be taken care of. They want to be sympathized mm -hmm. with. They want to, they want, they enjoy being seen as weak. Whereas for me, it's the opposite. Like, you know, my ego was like, oh, you're weak, Whitney. If you're sick, like, you know, you, you're not as strong as you think you are. I had to work through all of that stuff. Sure. I have the opposite problem. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fascinating. The emotional connection. I'm really glad that you guys brought that up too, because that, that plays a huge role in our health is the emotion side to it. If you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe that you're going to get better, then none, nothing's going to work. You'll be resistant to it all. Absolutely agree. Well I think like the biggest mistake of my life that I've done multiple times is going, I'll be healed when X happens. Mm -hmm. I'll never get sick again when I get to this level, whatever it may be. I'll never be depressed again once I get over this trauma. Well, that's not true. And so it's like the famous lyricist uh, Steven Tyler said, life's a journey, not a destination. Healing is a journey, <laughs> right? Yes. You have to wake up every day and go, I'm going to choose happiness over depression today. You have to wake every day and choose like, I'm not going to be sick today. And sometimes you're going to be beat down and you have to go, all right, how am I going to be with myself today? Mm -hmm. And so if we're constantly choosing to evolve, we won't marinate in that depressed, sick state, whatever it is. But, you know, it is a choice, just like waking up in love or fear. And so I think that's really important. And um, the only thing I wanted to add was that um, everyone knows that my favorite alternative healing method that I do at my house is um, my vibration machine, which is, no, it's not something I what do What kind of bedroom. that? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Clarify, please. And, and that can be, we were talking about morning routines last week. That can be part of your morning routine. No very, judgment. Very but healing, yeah. What I'm talking about is when you stand on the vibration platform and it shakes you all up. And it's another thing that helps me actually wake up in the morning and after 10 minutes on the vibration platform, I actually feel like I've done a deep meditation or like a really intense yoga class because it gives you that feeling of peace. It's actually a great thing to do before you want to meditate. If you're like, I can't get myself there right now. I'm too wound up. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Um, and then I just tried something new yesterday. Uh, can we guess? Can we guess? Yeah. Guess. Cryo? Cryotherapy. Oh, oh, I'm you so jealous. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> Where'd you go? I went to Cryozone in Santa Monica. <gasps> they treat you really well. Oh. Definitely go there. Shout out to Cryozone. Because like, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't like being cold. Yeah. I'm a Southern California girl. I don't like snow. I don't understand what's going to happen. And he was like, I'll be with you the whole time. I was like, okay, oh. thank you. So sweet. So what happens is, is you go in and you put on... Um, gloves like three pairs of gloves i put on two pairs of socks and then these thick thick boots and then he said you can leave on your bra and underwear or you can get naked and then you get in the machine and you're standing up and your head is out so don't worry it's not like a scary like i'm trying to think of like something scary like a tanning bed or something scary that closes your head in mm -hmm. it literally your head is out and you are in control you can get out at any time if you have a problem so I got ready and I got in and nothing had started. I pressed the button and the guy comes in and he talks to me and it's three minutes of freezing cold. I think it's like, I'm going to misspeak, but like liquid nitrogen or something. And the point is, is that it gets you so cold that your healing process automatically starts with all the blood rushing to get you warm. Okay. So I'm in there for three minutes and you guys, 
I'm not gonna lie, it is fucking hard and cold. That thir- that three <laughs> for minutes, that three minutes, it's really yeah. painful. Okay. The first minute, I it wasn't painful. No. If it was painful, I would tell you. The first one minute is dealable. The last two minutes are torture, and then you get out, and then you feel amazing so he talks you is he like kind of coaching you through the three minutes he looked into my eyes and talked to me the whole time and anytime i would look away he'd go look at me look at me stay with you right here here. yeah he would tell me all the benefits like your body is healing itself right now you're gonna burn 500 to 800 calories after this and i was like okay tell me more (laughs) you know things like that telling me all the health benefits and then it was over and i did feel good for the rest of the day i felt like i had a daytime high and like you guys know i'm not like a i don't like smoke pot or do anything that makes you high just like my wine that's about it and I felt amazing all day I was full of energy like I felt great and so I so I've only done it once so I can't speak to if it changed me or changed my life or changed my body but I think it was great how long after you left the chamber does it take your body to kind of warm back up I mean did you feel cold for a while after like three to five minutes so that was my biggest fear Nicole because I've always been a person with cold hands and cold feet yeah and my mom had that too so I was like I'm gonna be cold for the rest of the day I'm not gonna be able to handle it whatever by the time I got in my car I felt fine and the car is like hot and there's and I I didn't turn on the AC for the first like couple of minutes because I was like this feels good and then I was back to normal wow I was surprised I would love to that's it you're encouraging me because I hate cold. Like me too. <laughs> even if I have an injury, I hate icing it. Like I, I mean, I know I have to, but like I just cringe. Yeah. So, but I've always really wanted to do it because it was so incredibly healing. That's so cool that you did it. Yeah. So I went to their website to tell Food Heals Nation some of the benefits because I can't speak to them yet. But it basically says that cryotherapy promotes natural healing at the cellular level and that by exposing yourself to temperatures around negative I can't even believe I did this but negative 167 degrees Fahrenheit jeez I'm saying I I can't even believe I did this oh with nitrogen vapor in the cryosauna for three minutes your body protects your internal organs by pushing blood to the core where it circulates, keeping your core temperature intact while your blood picks up on vital nutrients. And then after exiting, the blood recirculates back into your extremities. And so it burns calories, it he- it helps you heal. It's really good if you have any kind of chronic pain. A lot of athletes, they said athletes come and they do it every day if they're training for something. And there was a guy behind the desk who had been previously paralyzed and was no longer paralyzed and claimed that part of his healing journey was from cryotherapy because it wakes up every organ in your body and makes the lymph flow. And yeah, I should have him on the podcast, but I was impressed. Yeah, You should have him. That's amazing. I was impressed. So I wanted to share that because it just happened. I'll keep Food Heals Nation posted. If I do it again, I don't know. I mean, I I have three sessions, so I guess I'll do it three times and see if I feel a phenomenal uh, difference. Wow. Congrats. That's cool. (laughs) So I want to share another kind of um, very brief alternative therapy that I just thought of as you were talking about cryo. Is Is it medical marijuana? (laughs) because <laughs> I did mention it. Well, I'm that, like, how did we not get into this? Well, today? that's. I feel like we need Susie here. I know we need Susie. I, I, we can I, do another let's, episode. Let's do a separate that. pot because that's. <laughs> yeah, that's a juicy one. That's a juicy one. For uh, sure. So, so uh, not quite as miraculous per se as like someone not being paralyzed anymore. But um, uh, Nicole and I both had uh, kind of twin injuries in the past like eight months where we both cut oh. a significant chunk of the tips of our fingers off. Yes, we did. Why did you both have that happen at the same time? No, not the same time. Separately. Separate, like eight months apart. Eight months apart. Interesting. Oh, yeah, because you did yours in November. 
and I did mine in June. Okay. Time flies. Wow. Yeah. So what happened was different hands, but we ended up cutting a rather shocking chunk of uh, the tips of our fingers off. Oh. Oh. Mafia style, guys. Our yes. fingers look like mafia <laughs> fingers. It was, you know, when you don't pay your produce tab, they come looking for you. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you got the 50 pounds of care. You got to pay up. So, you know, uh, when, when Nicole showed me, you know, we were texting. I didn't really understand the extent of the injury. But when she showed me, I was like, like, I literally had this moment of like, oh, my God. Like, we might need to take you to urgent care. We didn't. Mm. Here's what we did. I ordered something that I had heard about years ago. And she was so trusting because I had actually never tried it before, right? But I had heard about these really amazing uses for it. So rather than taking her, getting it stitched, reattached, whatever, we did this product called Sangre de Drago, which okay. is blood of the dragon. Oh, my God. This is going to sound crazy hippie. I'm freaking out. But, okay. but listen, it, this, this, <laughs> it's amazing. And, and if you could see her finger, Food Heals Nation, it's very beautiful and intact. It's back to pretty. That's so, your messed up finger? Yep. Yeah. So here's this, what this finger is perfect. Yes. So here's so here's what it is. I don't is. see a thing. It's okay. it's a it's a it's the sap of a tree that only grows in the Amazon rainforest, and oh the indigenous God. tribes have been using it for hundreds and hundreds of years. They tap the tree, get the sap out of the tree. It's, it's red, like blood, hence dragon's blood. Oh wow! And they bottle the raw sap from this tree, and what it does, it actually creates a a scab like a, a artificial scab over really you know gnarly wounds. So mm-hmm. it basically created this scab over her finger. And I remember she's like, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And I'm like, yes, yeah, y- yep, yeah, it'll work. And she's like, you sure? I'm like, yep. And I was like, not telling her it was the first time I ever used it. Nope. But, but like, <laughs> just, just <laughs> yeah, oh babe, babe, it'll work, it'll work, it'll work. But I, I was like, I wanted her to be reassured by it because we go back to the biology belief, right? Yes. And, and it was this thing. It turned her the tip of her finger all black because it creates this artificial scab. That happens. Whereas, whereas the cells underneath will regrow with a completely antiseptic healed area, right? Oh, my God. So sure enough, after, I don't know how long was it, maybe a month and a half, your finger was back. I don't know how long I it mean, was for you. I mean, it's totally normal after a month and a half. Okay, I just pulled up the pictures now, but you might not have a tummy for this. I am freaking out. It's Do you want to see them or yes, not? Yes, I want to see them. And I want Food Hills Nation. Can I post them? Oh God! Yeah. Oh my God! And your finger is totally healed now. It's totally healed. How did you you cut it off with a knife? Because you I were cut chopping. Off, I cut it with that um what mandolin are those, slicer. The mandolin slicer. Oh. And oh I just was slicing. Okay, oh I'll stop God. torturing you now. Oh my God! I'm showing Allison so she can see how remarkable it no, is. No, because... it's remarkable because I just saw your healed finger. Yeah, and I honestly, it was cut at such a deep angle that I thought I'd have a slanted finger for, for the, the rest, rest of, of my life, life. and yeah. my fingertip is like totally round. I would never know anything was wrong. It looks just like it looks better than mine. <laughs> you have hot <laughs> fingers, it's Nicole. Rounder and yeah. plumper. And... Yeah, seriously. It's, Damn, well, girl. Plumpy fingers. That's Maybe I just need a manicure. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the same thing uh in june i had a pop-up dinner uh in june did the same thing actually right like an hour before the food was gonna go out boom dinged it like hard and grew like exact same injury different hand oh my god and of course what i do like iced it right away wrapped it as soon as i got home boom blood of the dragon on there and yeah this is the finger um it looks fine to me yeah so i it's just for alternative healing rather than uh, whatever our, our usual thing is, I've got to put. Um, uh, I've got to put. Uh, what are the the weird uh, things they sell at CVS? Like the uh, the ointments. The I don't even know. Oh, neosporin. neosporin and crap Triple like that. Like antibiotic patro- or something. Yeah, petroleum based crappy stuff. Right. Oh. This is like no. You can get like 
the tree sap of an Amazonian secret, put it on a gaping, and I'm not saying it's going to reattach an arm, guys, okay? Caveat here. But if you ding your finger yeah. and it's like an average to slightly gruesome injury, I mean, we're both living proof like this stuff worked. Absolutely. It was amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Where do you get it? You can order it on Amazon. And uh, the brand that I got was from the Raw Food World. They sell a raw, unfiltered, uh, yeah. For tips and recipes for healthy living, for fun and inspiration, come and join us in the Raw Food World. Shout I'm out sorry. to Angela and Matt. Shout out to Angela and Matt. They, the, so, Why did you guys just break out the song? Because my friends uh, Angela and Matt Monarch have an online store called The Raw Food World, and they have all kinds of crazy healing products and raw food products and superfoods. And anyway, they're the only ones that have the raw version of this sap. The other oh, ones are diluted. Okay. So if you're going to do it and you guys are going to experiment with uh, you know, paper cuts, uh, I don't know, you know, injuries like that, to get the raw version. Yeah. This, this is amazing. This is the best tip we've gotten so far. Thank you so much. <laughs> Whoa. Honestly, because no, this is the best tip you've gotten. Showing my fingertip. Huh? <laughs> but um, you guys get <laughs> sorry. Bum- it's not a visual <laughs> joke. It's a visual. Mm. At least he's showing that tip. Oh. oh, hey, hey, now. We just All right. made this Different episode adults. We just made this episode adults only. Good job. Yeah. Congratulations. We can get real dirty if we want to, Food Heals Nation. But if you want to delve deeper into these topics, no pun intended, and no, we're not going there. But if you want to delve deeper into your wellness journey, we've created a wellness warrior bundle just for you. Each of us here has made you a video training course that will teach you how to up-level your health and wellness. So some of our courses are Wellness 101, How to Eat Healthy, Organic, and Vegan on a Budget with Ego Vegan Gal Whitney Lauritsen. Thank you, Whitney. We've got Eternity, How to Heal Your Mind, Body, and Spirit and Live to 100 with Jason Ropez. Yes, yes. And we've got our morning wellness AM elixirs to fuel your day and heal you from the inside out with the colder sway. And I'm going to be teaching alternative medicine awakening, how to transform your routine for wellness and weight loss. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash wellness and you can learn how to download these courses plus what makes it all worth it is the bonuses. Whitney, tell us about your ebook, Healthy Organic Vegan on a Budget. Well, the name kind of speaks for itself. It does, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a full on ebook with every tip that I could find about how to eat really healthy, organic, plant based food under $5 a day um, total. I'm sorry. I don't understand $5 a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's completely possible. I mean, it's. It, it, not everybody is going to want to do everything it takes to, to do that, but you'll definitely learn a lot of ways to cut back on your food expenses at the grocery store, at restaurants, all of the different places that you eat. And so you don't have that excuse that it's too expensive. Oh, that's a really good point. Thank you. And we've also got Jason Rowell's five-month program. It's called My Healthy Hustle. Jason, what are they going to get? They're going to get uh, all kinds of great video courses, downloadable action guides, self-evaluations, uh, it's going to cover the six pillars of wellness uh, and wholeness, which for me uh, I've defined as food, fitness, mindfulness, productivity, organization, and a compelling life vision. Whoa. So nourishing them on all levels of their being. Uh, they'll also get a private one-hour coaching call with me to go a level deeper, really drill into uh, some of the specific things they want to address in their life, and a digital bonus bundle with all of my eBooks and my 90-minute raw food tutorial. 
What an amazing bonus. Thank you so much. That's so generous. You'll also get three months of the Food Heals VIP Club. Food Heals Nation, you know what's in it. We've talked about it so many times. It's never before heard podcast episodes with Susie and Allie. And all of this comes at an extremely low price. It's available at foodhealsnation.com slash wellness. We have two more episodes coming up in our wellness warrior series. Stay tuned. Stay with us. We've got our health hacks to help you live to 100. We're going to talk about our biggest tips for longevity. And of course, we've got our entrepreneurs tell all how to create an abundant business doing what you love. Thank you so much for being here. Whitney, Jason and Nicole. Thank you. Food Heals Nation. We will see you next time. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.